Welcome into week two of the Low Post Pod. I'm your host, Christian Martinelli, with my co-host here, Kyle Finn. Um, another great week of games last week. Um, starting to get into the season now, it was uh, pretty exciting. Kyle, good to have you back again. It's just the two of us again. What do you think of last week? Uh, the games were definitely more tight last week. Uh, not so many big blowouts. Uh, we did have a few, though, but not as many as we did week one. We definitely saw the teams getting back into the usual play style, and they were able to make it more competitive this week. I enjoyed the uh, week two. Yeah, I was away enjoying vacation, not going to lie, but I did miss the games. I, I, I watch all the Snapchat stories. I watch all the highlights, um, everything I could see, and there were some awesome plays this week. There were some some decent games, and um, you know, I'll be I'll be looking forward to getting back there this week to uh, see him in person. Um, but let's get right into it here. Um, you know, this this week's pod coming out a little late. Everyone's got a busy schedule right now, so I'm getting this out to you guys so you can hate on us whenever it comes out. Um, so the, the first game, which was one of the the games we thought might be a really good game of this week, was uh, Good You versus the Werewolves. Um, I think we set like a nine point line for this game. Uh, we were pretty much spot on. Good you won by 12. Um, you know, it was really just led by a, every quarter was, was very close. Um, besides good you dominated the second quarter, winning that quarter by 11 points, uh, coming out with a 72 to 58 win. Um, you see good you across the board again with, with um, strong performances uh, from from a few guys, Randy Butler, 22 points, Ryan Palumbo, 19, Brendan Degnan, um, 10. And this is without Matt St. Hours. Um, so, so this is a great win over a Werewolves team, which we were thinking was probably going to have a big, uh, you know, comeback week. Um, Dave Campbell's coming into form a little bit, 27 points, which is impressive. Um, but a rare quiet week from Brian Heston. I don't know. Obviously, I wasn't there, so I'm not sure what exactly happened, but um, only nine points from a guy that usually is going to score you 25 to 30 a, a game. So obviously, uh, that definitely hurt their chances. Um, did you see this game? Were you watching this one? Yes, I was. This was on court one. Okay, so what do you think of this game? It was an interesting game. It's uh, The Werewolves took a different approach to handling good you, and they did that by fouling a lot. Uh, especially taking in consideration that the rules are different compared to regular NBA in legacy, obviously uh, you can foul as many times as you want or accept without fouling out, but there's no free, free throws. Like if you do like a regular, like common foul, if it's not on the shot, it's just a regular inbound. So what werewolves were doing was they were taking advantage of that rule and slowing down good. You because they saw good. You play that transition defense to offense last game. And that's how good you was able to win so big against the stampede with the werewolves did not want that. So they took a different approach to that and uh, they really slowed them down be, and they kept it competitive for three quarters. The only time that the werewolves were very sloppy and they were not doing that fouling um, and good. You was doing that transition defense to offense was in that second quarter where they put up 11 point difference. Right. And yeah. And, and, even speaking of free throws, a glaring stat right here, uh, Werewolves, four for 17 from the free throw line, 23%. That's pretty atrocious no matter how you look at it. So that's something they definitely got to clean up. You got to take those free throws and, and really run with them. Um, even good you, they weren't very uh, good from the line, nine for 20. But, I mean, they're still two times better than, uh, than the Werewolves were. So that's something they definitely got to clean up. I think the Werewolves will definitely come into form here. Um, 
But yeah, they had two tough matchups to start the season. So we'll see how, how things go for them as, as time goes on. Um, so we're going to the, the second game uh, of the weekend uh, or the week. Uh, R.I. Warriors versus the Mambas. This is a game that we thought the Warriors might win pretty handily. I think we might have gave them 15-point favorites, something like that. Um, and the Mambas, you got to give it to them. They, they played them tough and uh, you know, they, they kept it close throughout the whole game. I was, I was following it on Snapchat and, you know, Mambas were, were right there pretty much um, throughout the whole game. Uh, yeah. So, so pretty, pretty much the, uh, the final score was 88, 76, 12 point game. Um, Mambas across the board, they had five guys in double digits, which is actually a great showing from them. Um, but when it came to the Warriors, it just, you know, two guys combining for 66 points, Kevin Figueredo, 36, Charles Correa, 30, um, both shooting extremely efficiently. Uh, it's going to be tough to beat that, especially when uh, they're dominating you inside like uh, Kevin Figueredo is able to be able to do. Um, that's why the Warriors are a dangerous team. I didn't realize that Kevin Figueredo, he, he did play in past years. Um, so the Warriors will be a team to look out for. And and the Mambas, I don't think they should uh, be too discouraged by this loss. I mean, 12 points against uh, a pretty solid team, uh, even though the Warriors are just kind of just figuring it out and, and catching their stride here. Um, I definitely think they can be a, a team to look out for. And, and it started this week against the Mambas. What I saw from this game, because I, I was able to catch uh, a few glimpses um, on back-to-back plays, it's just that the Mambas were taking uh, – uncomfortable shots. They were taking shots that they weren't really that confident with. And you can see that uh, Jake and Lawrence were, were part of the, uh, the people taking uncomfortable shots because uh, we, we know that they can shoot better than this. Uh, and they just, they just got uh, flustered by a good RI Warriors defense. Uh, and same with Mike Bartholomew and, that, that's that's basically it. it was just flustered defense. They they did a good job keeping up with them, narrow narrow margins in each quarter though. But it was that first quarter that really got to them. They uh they just uh weren't shooting that good, and it just shot it just ultimately shot themselves in the foot. This was honestly this was the Mamba's I believe best chance to win this game, uh a game this season, and uh, they unfortunately couldn't capitalize. Yeah, it's it's too bad because I'm looking at the uh, box score here, and they they took eight, uh, 67 shots all game. 48 of them were threes. They went 18 for 48 from three, which is 37 percent. Not horrible, but another a glaring stat here: no free throws attempted. So they're not being aggressive enough, settling for shots like you said. Um, in legacy leagues, it's not going to work out for you most of the time. You got to get to the hoop. You got to be aggressive and. You know, taking threes, that's, that's all good and well. You know, you take them when they're open and, and whatever. Um, but, you know, you got to get to the hoop. Only taking, you know, 19 two-pointers to low hoop league, you know, it's made to made to get to the rim and, you know, and be aggressive. So if the Mambas want to win a game, they're going to have to do that because I know um, the Warriors on the other side, they were, they were much more aggressive, only taking 26 threes and, uh, you know, taking about, you know, 50 shots inside, inside the arc. So that's, what, that's yeah. one of one of the more glaring things that I'm looking at. And this is a stat that I think more people should, uh, take account to assists. When you look at the Warriors, uh, stat line, they have numerous assists from almost everyone on the team, except for Charles Correa, mostly because he was doing the scoring, 
but like you have seven from Enrique um, and just all that, all that kind of stuff. Having that good ball movement is going to really, you know, elevate your team. We see here on the Mambas, Arane Smith only had 10, but everyone else had one and two and some had nothing. Right. So allowing those other players to be involved with getting assists, making that extra pass really helped the Warriors win because, you know, they, they shot better. They shot over 50% because they made that extra pass, getting it to a player uh, who's either wide open or can lead another player in to make an easier shot and, that's clearly why the Warriors won this week. Right. And, and ball movement, like you said, so important, especially in legacy leagues um, with, the, with only being, you know, eight players on the court instead of 10, there's that much more space. Um, good ball movement can definitely lead to, to a lot of more baskets. So I think that's something the Mambas will figure out as the year goes on. Hopefully they can grab a win or two here. I think they're capable of it, you know, shooting that many threes and still coming close against, you know, a solid opposition. That, that's, that's not all that bad. Um, so now moving on to the game of the week, the game everyone was looking forward to, um, Lob City versus Duye's boys. Um, I think we ended up settling on Lob City as a one-point favorite. Um, and I feel good, again, to be on the right side of history. Duye's boys uh, end up winning this game pretty handily, uh, 80, 83 to 63. Um, not to be forgotten, Lob City was missing um, Jose Mercado, were they missing anyone else? Oh, uh, yeah, they were missing a few people because they only had six players, and it eventually went down to five because a player on Lob City got ejected from the game. So, And this was like in the middle of the third quarter, so it, things really went sideways, as you can see, because Duye boys were able to score 26 to, the, uh, to Lob City's 15, and that just extended the game even further aside from the first quarter. Right. So, yeah, it's Duye's boys, man. They're, they're coming out strong and, and, again, led by Vincent Volpe with another 30-point performance, just shooting lights out from three again, eight for 14. Um, John Kutu, I know he went down injured, I think. Um, so his numbers might be a little less than, um, you know, his, his normal. Um, so you might have to tell me if, what, what you saw with the injury, how bad it was. But um, I also see Shane Patrick, huge performance from him. You know, usually he's more of a – a hustle guy. You don't, not everything always shows up on the stat sheet from him, but uh, this week, 14 huge points, uh, three of nine from three. He was really pulling it this week when he can actually, you know, score some points and bring that energy and, you know, that defense, it, it's going to be scary for teams. Again, Brian Yarsi, 13 points. I hope we're saying his name right again. I'll have to ask him next week, but across the board, Duye's boys, they're real dangerous, um, especially when, you know, more of the role players are actually stepping up and putting up these uh, great performances. So before we get into this, what happened with John Kutu? Did you see that? Uh, he had a cut in his eye, like in this area of his eye, and he started uh, bleeding very badly. He uh, obviously got checked out of the game, and uh, I don't know if he went to the hospital not to get his uh, – his wound treated. I don't know if he has stitches or anything, but uh, he was good. He was in good spirit. I talked to him for a little bit afterwards. Uh, he, he He's going to be fine. It was just a, a normal basketball play and it just it, stuff happens in basketball. I've, I've gotten my eye cut before. It's right here. Stuff happens. happens. The elbows start flying, especially in this league. Yeah. Um, so, so it's interesting. Obviously everyone would like to see Lob City at full strength, um, but you can't take anything away from Duye's boys, man. They haven't, lost in I don't know how many games maybe eight nine ten games they're 
they're on just an amazing streak right now. Uh, you know, from two years ago, they're just, they're red hot. Um, in my opinion, again, I was shocked that they didn't come in and won in the, uh, in the power rankings. Um, they came in at number two, oh, whatever, you know, good you, they're putting up a good performance this year, but listen, do boys handled them in the championship uh, a few years ago. I think do boys should be, uh, you know, ranked number one in the power rankings and we'll see what happens to the power rankings. Um, but, you know, I think, I think in time they'll probably get to the top, but um, yeah. So, so what happened with Lob City? Because obviously Dewey's boys was able to start hot and uh, just take total um, advantage of them not having, you know, Jose Mercado who's obviously a top five player in the league. Biggest thing that I saw from Lob City that honestly disappointed me going into this week is them shooting 24 three-pointers and only making three. Yeah, that's yeah, think of how 21 times three that's how many potential points you could have had right. if you made all your threes. <laughs> it's just very sad to see. Um, yeah, a few of them were open, but for the most part, they were kind of they kind of they kind of felt forced. Uh, and I think the reason why they were taking more threes is because uh, uh, Greg, uh, number zero, the one who got ejected was, uh, kind of giving a little bit, uh, of a back and forth to the referees and the team really felt that they weren't, they weren't getting calls down in the paint. So they kind of had to switch up their style to avoid, you know, frustration on the team. Cause you don't want to have any of your players last and more of them get ejected. So you have to switch up your game tactic. Right. Uh, unfortunately, there's just the threes were not falling and do boys played fantastic defense at the three. They felt more comfortable allowing two pointers than they did threes, which I found um, very shocking. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think obviously Colin Burns had an amazing performance. He's definitely an up and coming star in this, in this league. Mm -hmm. But but Cody Crawford can't, can't be shooting one from 10 from the three. Right. Yeah. He's, he's obviously one of the, the better players in this league and has been for a while. So, you know, just an off game for them um, all around. Uh, obviously Dewey's boys makes it tough, tough for you on every level. Um, and, and obviously again, not having Jose Mercado, that's, that's a huge, huge blow. So I think when these teams meet down the line, which I feel confident that they might in the semis or the finals, um, I think it's going to be a much, much tighter game. I don't think these teams are 20 points apart. Maybe Dewey's boys is a few points better than them right now. Um, but I think Lob City will definitely come back strong. And, you know, they're going to be a tough team to beat, uh, you know, whenever their whole team is there for sure. Um, so moving on from that game to a game that me and you went back and forth a little bit last week, the Halfway Crooks versus the Orcas. Um, we weren't really sure about about this game, it was kind of tough to judge because the Orcas struggled offensively a little week one and the Crooks uh, ran away with their, their game. And so it was a little tough to figure out, um, you know, how this could go, but the Orcas just absolutely handled them uh, from the first whistle. They blew them out in the first quarter, 24 to 12 and ended up winning the game 74 to to 51. Um, Like I felt, um, you know, I felt as though the Orcas could give them trouble down low um, with the Winchell brothers, um, you know, with their, with their skill guys, Dexter Lou, Kendall Gillians. Um, I knew it could definitely be tough for the, for the halfway crooks and, and the Orcas hundred percent did that. Um, you know, and the, and the crooks just, their offense was not there whatsoever. 
Uh, Jared Hansen had 14. Joey Coro had 14. And then after that, you know, Brandon Sweeney, seven. Mark Belleville, six. Bobby Wilcox, five. Joey only at three. So it, it was a pretty quiet game from them. Um, and you got to give all the credit to, to the Orcas because, you know, they weren't happy with us, Kyle. They, you know, they called us out a little bit. They said that that win was for you because they didn't like the line. And they said I was smarter than that. And I don't know, man, Jeff, I may not be smarter than that, but listen, I still picked you guys to cover. I should have picked you guys to win because obviously you guys are, are for real this year. Um, Kyle, what do you think about this game? Uh, just a lot of turnovers on the halfway crooks, the eight, eight to three. Uh, that's not, that's not good. It, especially because the Orcas are, are to really took advantage of that transition, uh, had three on one. Uh, it's Orcas were going to score each and every time because of that three on one transition. It, it's just something you can, uh, halfway crooks need to get, uh, improve on with communication, chemistry, um, just being more careful with the ball and just knowing your surroundings to avoid that bad pass or getting yourself into a double team. That's about the worst thing you could do is get yourself into a double team. Yeah. And, and what do you, what do you have to, you have a response to uh, Dexter Lou kind of calling you out saying that game was for you. You gave him the motivation to, to win this week. Reverse psychology is the best, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's all it was, right? You were just trying to fire him up. You had big money on him. Because listen, they heard me, and they—if I got to keep doing it to make them win by twenty points every time, I'll—I'll I'll keep doing it. Hey, yeah, right to the championship. That. I'll put a future bet on the Orcas if you keep—if uh, you keep talking about them. So just let me know if you're going to do that, and I'll throw down about fifty on the Orcas at like plus two thousand to win the championship. I'll take the money all day. But yeah, you got to give it to the Orcas. They're—they're they're a tough team. Uh, I love the way they play. Good rebounding. Good inside. Um, they don't chuck up too many threes. They're just – they're a good team, man. And they're – you know, they're deservingly – I think they're in the four spot in the power rankings right now. I think they can definitely hang with, with the top of the league, especially if uh, they're able to, you know, bring the energy and toughness that they can every single week. Halfway crooks, not 100% sure. I don't know if it was just uh, off game or, you know, if the Orcas are really this much better than them. But I really thought this was going to be a very, very close, hard-fought game. And – uh the Orcas just really set the tone from the start, huh? Yeah, that's what it seems like. Because uh, I, I know Brandon Sweeney can uh, can shoot better. I know Mark Belleville, uh, Belleville can shoot better. Because we talked about them. They, they put up more points than they did last time. Uh, I don't know why they didn't uh, put up as much. Uh, I, I don't honestly have an answer. I didn't get a chance to really watch this game. I saw glimpses. But those, to- but those times on the... Um, on the turnovers and stuff like they, they were just like not very smart plays. And uh, I think because of how early it happened in the game, it kind of really set the tone uh, for how the rest of the game would go, unfortunately. And it was just too big of a hold for them to climb out of. Yeah. That's, that's tough. And get into the next game of the week, ozone boys versus ball. Don't lie. Another team that's in a, getting themselves in a big hole, two back-to-back blowout losses is ball don't lie, new team to the league. Uh, Ozone boys beat them down 77 to 49, uh, so 28-point win here. And it, it all started in the in the first half. Ball don't lie, 14 points at halftime. They were already pretty much out of it at that point. Uh, really slow start, um, struggling a lot, shooting, you know, 30% as a team, um, only one person in double digits. 
Ozone Boys, on the other hand, they had four guys in double digits, very, very uh, efficient, shooting over 50%. Zach Brooks, 15. Paul McGuire, 15. Eric Isom, 12. Luke Hogan, 12. Patrick Hogan, 9. Um, I saw the highlights. There were some sick dunks they had, like usual, very athletic team. Uh, I think they were number one on the uh, – one of the Hogans was number one in the top uh, five plays this week. So Ozone Boys, man, they just – they just get it going. I think you get to watch this game. Um, what did the Ozone boys do that just really let them pull away with this game so early? Oh, boy, that they a special team. I, I wish I wasn't running scoreboard for this game because just some of the dunks that I saw and some of the, like, flashy passes and stuff that I saw from this team made me want to jump out, jump out of my chair and just, just scream because it was just so, so lovely to see. This is what – basketball is about and they play it so well uh you can clearly see it because for for the uh, the teammates luke paul zach and reek double digits that's all what it's all about making those smart shots taking advantage of the height advantage the low rims dunking alley-oops communication they did everything beautifully it was so beautiful to watch uh, i can't wait to see them next week my god and this is the ozone boys the type of yeah that i was looking forward uh to from them because i know they were capable of more than what they did last week they were sleepwalking a little bit this week they came out um and they they proved that ball does lie once in a while and they uh they beat them down pretty good um ball don't lie i i can't yeah what do you say I was going to – well, since we're going to get on the ball, ball on lie, Ozone really got in their head. They yeah, really got in their head with the dunks and everything. And just the uh, the great uh, bench reactions from, from Ozone really was getting into ball, don't lie. Uh, and it really, like, got into a lot of the players because a lot of these players here shot 33%, 36 11 they were not taking smart shots. And a lot of these like huck up shots were in garbage time. So that really lowered their uh, field goal percentage and stuff. Uh, one of the things that I saw out of this game, I don't know how uh, number six, Greg Bell did not get ejected from this game. Cause first off, he didn't show up with his Jersey. So that's by the rules. It's auto- an automatic T. And then he was arguing with the refs. He was saying that their calls were incorrect and stuff and saying that he was the thing though. I, I couldn't believe it because these were the same referees that were rough ref in the last game. Um, when number zero got ejected, I thought they would have ejected uh, Greg Bell simple as that, but they let him stay in the end though. But, uh, Oh man, it was, this was a really ugly game for ball. Don't lie. I, I hope I get to see better days from them. And uh, one of the things that I did realize I did learn uh, talking to Nick Pasha after the game is that they never had a single practice once in yeah. the uh, in the th- two to three weeks that they've been together as a team, and it unfortunately clearly showed. Yeah, I think this is going to be a tough season for Ball Don't Lie. I, you know, obviously two back-to-back blowout losses against teams that, you know, they're good teams that they lost to, but they're not, you know, those that top three teams that you think might be um, you know, front runners to win the championship. So I think ball don't lie. They're going to have a, a tough season here. Um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they'll catch, catch some fire here and win a few playoff games, but uh, I feel pretty comfortable saying right now, they're just not a championship contender. So we'll see what happens. Ozone boys, they're definitely a contender, especially when they bring the energy that they're capable of bringing. Uh, they're extremely hard to beat. With ball don't lie. It's just, there's just a lot of new players that are, 
right. uh, coming into the league this year. So right. it's just unfortunate, but there's nothing really long with losing. You learn a lot of things uh, that come with losing. And if these same players can return for next year, I can, I think I can confidently say that they can really turn things around. It's just more of a getting used to things in a chemistry thing. Cause they're all new to each other. They never met with each other before this week is there going to be their first practice. So we'll see if we see an improvement this week. Yeah, we definitely will. Um, and the last game of the week was two teams that had really rough outings week one, um, which was Sin City versus Stampede. And um, pretty much, you know, close game all the way through. Sin City ended up pulling and pulling away uh, and winning 79 to 71. Um, good game. Again, one guy from Sin City putting up huge numbers. Um, last week, I think it was Justin De La Cruz, if, that, if that's his name, I think. Yep. Um, yeah, and this week it was uh, Yarrell Rodriguez to put up 40 points. Um, insane performance from him. 14 for 23 from the field, 12 for 20 from three. That's nuts. It's going to be close to one of the, you know, best, you know, most threes ever made in a Legacy Leagues game. Um, so that was great from them. And, and on the other side, Stampede, um, they just didn't get the production out of the, out of the guy that I thought, you know, might help them win this game, which is Brad Allen. I think I told you, uh, you know, if they feed Brad Allen down low, he can grab them. 25, 30 points, uh, they get a great chance of winning this game. Unfortunately for them, uh, he only had six points. Um, so it was tough. You know, Todd French, going to shout him out 30 points. He had a great performance. But um, besides that, it, it was, a you know, kind of tough showing when you expected Stampede to maybe beat him up down low with only five guys on the, uh, on the uh, Sin City. But, you know, Stampede – not really sure where they go from here. Um, it's definitely going to be tough. And Sin City, you know, these teams aren't exactly, you know, contenders right now, uh, but they definitely put on a good performance. I don't know if you were able to catch any of this game. Yeah, I was for a little bit. Um, I want to focus more on the Stampede because they had a very big improvement compared to last week, only scoring 40 points and losing by 60, not only – now to score 70 and only lose by single digits, that's a huge improvement for a team, especially after the uh, the butt whooping that they took last week. This is a very great uh, performance by Stampede despite the loss. And it also showed that they have other shooters and scorers on their team, like Todd French, as you mentioned. So I feel like once uh, Todd and Brad can really start connecting with each other, we can see like some of these other teams – uh, putting up that dynamic duo of like 20 and 20, that kind of stuff. And it, it can propel Stampede to get a few wins this year, depending on who they play against. So I see this as a great thing for the Stampede. They have a, they, they should be looking, looking straight up and not looking down. Hmm. Yeah. So that's a good perspective to look at it from. I think um, Stampede, they definitely have the pieces to, to win some games here and there. Um, Sin City, no denying they can score the hell out of the ball. You know, week one, they scored 80-something points this week, 79. Um, so they, they have some legit scores on their team. Um, so I think that's what they have going for them. Obviously, numbers aren't in their favor whatsoever. Um, four guys week one, five guys week two. Um, but if they can get, you know, their whole team there, um, you know, six, seven guys, whatever it's going to be, um, I think they have a, have a good chance be- – to, you know, stick in a lot of games because of the way they're able to score the score the ball at such a high rate. So um, Sin City is definitely a team to keep an eye on, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I can definitely see them being like one of those middle of the pack teams that can uh, that can upset uh, one of the top tier teams. Uh, still, need, I still want to see uh, more out of them, obviously, because they haven't had a completely full squad. Uh, but I have confidence that they can at least pull one to two more upsets, whether it's in the playoffs or regular season this year. They still have good chances. Definitely. And uh, so that completes all the um, recap of week two games. Um, so if we just go over week two here, who was a player that stuck out, stuck out to you the most? Uh, it's, di- it's difficult uh, because to choose one player is hard, but mm-hmm. that one player I do want to single out and it came from the Lob City Duguay boys game is clearly Vincent Volpe. 30 yeah. points. 11 to 21 plus 50% shooting 57% three point shooting, six rebounds, two steals. I that's pretty important too, is the two steals that played a huge con. He played a huge contribution to helping everyone else around him score big and uh, really make lob city have their backs against the wall, especially in that first quarter. He had such a huge impact and, uh, once he was able to get everyone else going, then they were able to lay, lay it on in the third quarter. And then by then, I think that's when Lob City just said, we'll let them win this game. We'll focus on next week. Right. And yeah, Vince Volpe was my, uh, was my player of the week last week, basically. So, um, yeah, obviously that's, that's a great choice. He's been going off right now. He's probably front runner for the MVP on the best team, playing the best. Um, but uh, we got a long season ahead of us here. Um, well, shortened season, but still, we got five more games in the regular season here. Um, I'll, I'll go for Sin City here because, you know, I don't know if anyone really expected it. I'm not sure if Yariel Rodriguez was even there week one, um, but 40-point game, you got to get some props for that. 12 for 20 from three, that's that's unreal, really, 60%. Um, you're not really going to see many better shooting performances than that. Um so, yeah, I got to shout out Yariel. You know, obviously that he had a few few rebounds, six rebounds, one assist. But, you know, those don't really matter when you're, you're filling it up 40 points at, a, at an efficient rate. So, um, you know, I think he definitely deserves to, get, to grab a quick shout out um, on an amazing week. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to week three. So, so let's get into it because I'm starting to have fun. I like when these teams uh, have something to say and they feel disrespected by our picks and, and whatever. So. Um, first, first game of week three, um, really good game might be the game of the week, honestly, which is ozone boys versus lob city. Um, you know, ozone boys coming off a great win. Of course, we just talked about lob city coming off a loss, not having their, their best player there. Um, so, you know, this, this is a, this is a game where you have to favor lob city, assuming that they're going to have their full squad there. Um, they're just very, very dangerous, very explosive, um, in my opinion. I think Lob City should be probably a double-digit di- favorite here, um, even though I, I love the Ozone Boys. It's just, you know, we're talking about Ozone Boys versus Lob City grown men. So th- there is a, s- a slight difference in strength and size here that I think uh, could give Lob City an edge. Um, I think maybe in my mind, I'm thinking like 12 point favorites. Uh, what are you thinking for this game? Because it's definitely going to be a good game, even though I'm saying double digits. Well, the biggest thing is you, 
you hope that Lob City has a full squad. Mm-hmm. And we just saw Lob City in week two when they don't have a full squad. Uh, they kind of underperform. So it, it's a little hard to judge this game. I've seen the Ozone Boys play at a full squad. Um, you know, with the, with their coach and the, 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 their all their boys are together and their chemistry unbelievable, scoring unbelievable. Uh, they they play a great game. So I want to take the Ozone Boys, especially after the win that they just had. I wasn't expecting them to put up the same performance they just did. I kind of was doubting them a little bit, but my expectations are pretty high for them. So I'm going to ride the Ozone Boys. You think that they'll be able to cover 12 points? Is that what you're saying? Or where do you think that number should lay? I want to lower the. I want to lower it a little bit. I want to go down to five. Five. I can meet you at like eight. That that's that sounds good. I can meet you there, and then you know I'm I'm just assuming that everyone's gonna be there for Lob City. Obviously, if Jose is not there, then it's a totally different story. Um, but I'm just going to assume everyone's there. I like the number eight. I'm going to go with Lob City, even though um, big Ozone guy. Um, and you're going to take uh, you're going to take um, Ozone to cover that. Fair enough. I respect that. I think it's actually going to be a really good game. Um, there's a few games this week that could be um, blowouts, but I don't think that's going to be one of them. Uh, so, the, so the next game coming up, um, Werewolves versus Ball Don't Lie, two winless teams at this point, um, but two totally different teams. We're looking at Werewolves who lost to arguably the two best teams in the league, um, you know, at least up there. Uh, and we're looking at uh, Ball Don't Lie who lost to two middle-of-the-pack type of teams. So this is, um, you know, the Werewolves game to lose 100%. I think this is their bounce back game. I think this is where they begin to find their mojo a little bit. Um, I think werewolves are going to end up winning this game by 15 to 20 points. Um, Say somewhere in like the 17 point range. I'm thinking the werewolves are going to win this by Um, just because Brian Heston had a little off game. I think he'll come back strong. Um, Dave Campbell's finding his groove and ball don't lie. They're just having a lot of trouble uh, finding any offense whatsoever. For me, I will do Werewolves, and I see them winning by at least 10 points. I think Ball Don't Lie does make um, does make a big improvement, especially because now that they're actually meeting, they'll be improving their chemistry, and maybe we'll see some plays being run. I don't know how serious they'll take their practices um, or what they'll do, but I definitely should see an improvement, especially from last week, but it definitely will not be enough to uh, beat the Werewolves because they already have faced the, uh, the best two teams. Uh, they'll be ready for like the bottom to the middle pack teams. And this is simply what this matchup is. It's going to be a bottom of the pack uh, team they're facing against. And I just see werewolves winning by at least 10. Yeah. Um, so if, I don't know. Can be at like 13 points here. Um, I just feel pretty comfortable with saying that I think the werewolves are, are going to cover that. I mean, they're the highest rated in our, in our power rankings, own two team Uh we got them at eight. We have Bull Don't Lie at 11. Um, and I feel like that's that's pretty uh, spot on, honestly. I think the Werewolves are, are better than the eighth team in the league, but when they don't have a win, it's hard to put them, you know, up there in the list. So I like um, the Werewolves to, to cover. I think the Werewolves might win this game uh, close to by 20 points, especially uh, probably being frustrated, I would assume, after the first two weeks. Um, 
Are you, you think they're going to cover that? Uh, what I say, 13 points. You think they'll cover that 13 points? You think uh, Bolden Lie is going to make it a little, little tough? Hmm, that's tough. That's difficult. Um, from what I've seen with Ball Don't Lie, I don't really feel confident that they'll make it difficult. So I'll have Werewolves cover 13. All right. Yeah, and I, I, I just would be shocked if the Werewolves don't come out totally hungry and just, you know, set set the tone here. Um, so going on to the third game of next week, it's going to be Halfway Crooks versus Duye's Boys. Um, I know who I'm favoriting in this game, 100%. Uh, it's going to be Duye's Boys. To me, they're the best team in the league right now. Halfway Crooks did not look good last week, although they did look good week one. Um, Duye's Boys have looked fantastic, beating two of the best teams, you know, better teams in the league by 20 in both weeks. Um you know, uh, I'm thinking this is going to be a 20-point spread, honestly, because they beat two teams that are, you know, arguably – I mean, Lob City's definitely better than halfway crooks, and Werewolves are probably on about the same, um, you know, the same level as halfway crooks. So they beat both of them by 20. So I think it's only fair to set this line at about, you know, 20, 21 points. Um, what, do you, what do you think when you hear this game? You know, obviously halfway crooks didn't have it their way, and Dewey Boys coming off a great win. Uh, I would do Duge Boys uh, 15 point spread because we had we had the Orcas halfway crooks game at a five uh, five in favor of Orcas and they, they beat that spread by 20 points. So uh, I'll, I'll definitely say 15 for Duge Boys, especially because they're, they're just really hot right now mm-hmm. because their teammates are dropping 30 with Vincent. Then the then everyone else comes in with at least 15. And, and this is from three different players too. So it's just really hard to stop because if you stop one player, another guy can catch fire. Right. I think, I think the only way that um, halfway crooks will cover that 15 point number, which I'm, I'm good with that. I'll take the 15 right there. Um, I think the only way is if they feed Dylan Lincoln and they feed Brandon Sweeney and let them work inside, um, you know, obviously do boys. They have Shane Patrick, who is, um, very solid on defense and tough and plays with all that energy. And they have Nate Kirshenbaum coming on the team too, who's a, who's a big body and a, and a good big man. So they definitely have, you know, the guys to deal with them. But I think halfway crooks, if they can feed their big guys and, and let them work, um, they have a much better chance of keeping it close. Um, but again, I'm thinking Duye's boys are going to cover that number. I think they're going to win, you know, somewhere between, you know, 20 to 20 to 30 points in that range. I just think they're too good right now, um, too hot. And I don't think the halfway crooks are really on their level. They're, they're a good team without a doubt, but they're just not doing as boys level. There's, there's levels to this business, you know, that Kyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, who do you take? Did you take uh, do to cover? Yep. Okay, sweet. All right. Um, here's, one between our number one team in the power ranking. It's going to be uh, Good U versus the RI Warriors, who are number six in our power ranking. So it's a decent matchup according to our power rankings. Um, obviously, Good U is going to be favored here, number one team in the league according to um, you know the people that vote our interns and everything. So, um, what do you think about this game? Because uh, Good U right now is showing that they're a force to be reckoned with, and the RI Warriors. You know, two performances, two, you just say, you know, they're ranked sixth right now out of 12. I think they're pretty much, they've shown to be a pretty average team overall. Um, So what do you think? 
I'm going to take good you because in these two weeks that I've seen good you, we've seen them dominant playing fast and we've seen them play dominant defensively when the game is slowed down. So when you are able to do that at both paces, that's, that's truly special. So uh, I will take good you. I will say confidently by 10 points, they will cover the spread. Yeah. Um, 10. I, I like that 10 number. I think RI Warriors can give them a little uh, difficulty with their physicality for sure. Um, you know, but, but good you for sure. I, I was thinking, yeah, somewhere in the 10 to 15 point range. So maybe, you know, maybe we want to throw it at 12. We can say 12 is a good number. Um, and I'm, I'm heavy on the favorites right now, honestly, but I can't, I can't stop good. You, I just think is, is a force to be reckoned with. I think, um, RA warriors, although they're coming off a solid win, uh, beating Mambas by 12, I just think good. You is going to be too much to deal with. Um, especially, which is the tough thing with good. You is in the past, they have had like an attendance issue. So not everyone always shows up. Um, but assuming everyone shows up for good you, I think this could be a, a tough night for the Warriors. And I think 15 to 20 point win for, for good you this week. I, I hope that the RA Warriors put a, uh, impress me. I hope, I hope they prove me wrong or at least um, they, they cut it. They lose by single digits. Um, I think that would really be a, a powerful statement by them that they can run with the, uh, the big dogs. Um, mm-hmm. Even though it may not be a window that, but the fact that they're making good you like really try and th- they have to really make like their lives difficult up until a certain point. I think that's, that would be a great thing to see because uh, the RA Warriors can pull something off in the, uh, the playoffs. I, I, I have confidence. Sure. Yeah, they definitely can. And that game, I think it, it could be good, especially if not everyone shows up for good you, which has be, been a pretty common occurrence in the past. So uh, moving on to another game, Mambas versus Sin City. Uh, Mambas, they're ranked 12 in our power rankings. Um, Sin City, uh, after, you know, a solid win this week, uh, they moved a little bit up in the power rankings. I think they're eight or nine, what's it say here? Uh, they're they're nine on the power rankings, um, one-on-one. So, you know, this, this is a game you have to favor at Sin City. They've had two very good scoring performances. Um Mambas, although they, they played tough last week, they just they settled for too many shots. Um, so I think this is Sin City, but not by a wide margin, honestly. I think Mambas are, are actually a little bit better um, than maybe they've shown. Uh, they're a lot better than they were as the basket hounds when some of those guys were the basket hounds. So um, I'm thinking Sin City. I'm thinking like six, seven points here, but I'm not thinking a blowout like some of the other games we've been talking about. For me, I want to take a little bit of a risk here since we kind of uh, chosen teams that we've given a wide margin to by spread. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to take the Mambas by three here. I think th- right. I, this, this is the uh, this is the game that the Mambas can win because they can take advantage of the Sin City having little depth, uh, using their height uh, for the Mambas, you know, really closing out, doing the four-on-four, um, subbing out, making sure the players on the bench are getting that few extra seconds to minutes of rest. And if they take smart, smart shots that are wide open and that they feel comfortable taking, uh, it could be a tight game. I think the Mambas can pull it out um, in the final two minutes if it comes down to free throws. Interesting. Um, 
So why don't we just meet at a meet at a pick'em then? We'll just call us a pick'em. You want to go with the Mambas? I'll I'll take Sin City. Um, I I actually do think that if at that six seven point number, I was actually thinking that the Mambas might cover. Um, but I do think Sin City is going to win this game. Like you said, I think it's going to be a close one, few possession game. Um, I think Sin City is just able to score at will a little bit more than the Mambas are. They're a little bit more efficient. And I think that's going to help them uh, come out on top this game. Uh, yeah, definitely taking advantage of um, the height and stuff. And uh, Mamba's actually draw a pretty decent crowd. They they do bring a, a pretty decent crowd, so maybe that might have an effect on it. But uh, I, I just want to see the Mambas win. I, I, I think that uh, at least by the third week and now that they've gotten used to playing in the games and stuff, this is probably their best opportunity to win. And it will it be it will be somewhat of a dogfight, but uh, this will really show if they're uh, if they're ready. For sure, I'm looking forward to it just to see. This will be a big telling game to see where these teams might land by the end of the season. Um, it's very winnable for both of them, so they definitely have to take advantage when it comes to uh, playoff seating here for sure. Um, all right, moving on to the last game of week three, and it's your favorite team, the Orcas, facing off with the Stampede. Orcas 2-0, Stampede 0-2. Um, we're looking at teams on totally different ends of the spectrum here, especially in our, our power rankings. We've got Stampede at the 10th spot. we got Orcas at the 4th spot. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a, a tough game for the Stampede, without a doubt. You know, Orcas coming off an outstanding performance. Week 1, they had a, had a solid performance. Stampede, you know, like you said, they had improvements this week for sure. Um, but I just don't see them on the same level as the Orcas. How do you see this? Talking about, you know, your favorite team and the Orcas. Uh, I've gotten to see the Stampede uh, one time. Unfortunately, it was in that blow up. But now that I see that we have, they have other scores on the team. Um, and it, it's, it's such a weird situation though, because it's usually only one that scores such a large amount. In this situation, they're going to need, those two big scores um, that we've seen in the past two games. And unfortunately, if we only see that tandem of only one big score and then everyone else is kind of like in the same like area, then the stampede, unfortunately aren't going to win. It's going to be that like dynamic duo effect. And we'll see if the stampede has that finalized dynamic duo effect. If they don't, Orcas will take this by 10 uh, easily. Yeah. I think this is, Honestly, the Orcas are, are better on the outside. They're, they're uh, better on the inside. Um, they're, just, they're just a solid, solid, like very stout team. I think it's going to be very difficult for, um, you know, the Stampede to get anything going in this game. I honestly – now, I don't want to be disrespectful to the Stampede, but I honestly think the Orcas are going to win this game, and they can't hate on me because I'm saying this. I think they're going to win this game close to 30 points, honestly. Um, I think they're going to run away with it, but – I'm not going to set the line there. That's just how I feel. You know, you said 10 points. I was, I was thinking, you know, maybe a little closer to 20. So maybe if we just say 14 point game, I'll take the Orcas all day. You know, I know you, you want to give them the motivation though. So why don't you go with the stampede? You go with the stampede. I'll take the Orcas. I like being the good guy. So, you know, you can be that guy that just, you know, all year you pick against them and, and they just get hungrier and hungrier. Maybe it leads to a ship. Yeah. Who are, Stampede, I hope you guys are hearing me. This is this is your game. This is if you guys can pull up this upset. If yeah, 
upset, it should send a shock through the uh, the Legacy League that uh, no team that is undefeated is safe. Mm-hmm. That's right, but you know, watch out for those orcas because you know Stampede is scary, but orcas are a bunch of apex predators. So we'll see what they they bring to the table this week. I think it's going to be a, a good slate of games. Obviously, there there might be a few blowouts this week based off you know the matchups we're seeing, but. Either way, there's going to be tons of great highlights, tons of great moments. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Kyle, again, thanks for joining me, bro. Maybe next week we'll be able to bring a few more people into the fold. Sorry for uh, getting this out a little late. It's just been a crazy week trying to trying to get this scheduled. So uh, thank you, Kyle. Any last words from you? Watch week three. You got, you got us on Snap, Legacy League. Legacy yeah. League underscore RI and uh, Legacy RI too. Yeah. On Snapchat, we got we got all the highlights for you guys, and uh, we'll be putting out videos for you at the two minute drill, post game show, all that stuff. We got that here for you guys. That's it. And you guys don't like you guys don't like what we're saying. We want to hear from you. It makes it a lot more fun when you guys go back and forth with us. So, um, you know, you don't you don't like that you're the underdog. You don't like what we're saying. Let us know. We're cool with it. And make it a lot more fun. So, uh, yeah, that's it for week two. Looking forward to week three. I'll see you guys next week. And uh, until then, Forza Italia. Uh, Euro champs. Let's go, baby. Thanks, bro.